Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thanks, guys. Lisa, you stay. Thanks. Well, it's been an amazing little journey we're going on. For those of you who haven't been here, I will do a little recap of what we've been talking about and how amazing it's been. Just a few um, weeks ago now, the Lord began to just pour out on my spirit this message for us as a people, for us as a nation. And um, he began to talk to me about how there are spiritual coverings over nations and those spiritual coverings that are over nations will make people under that covering act in a certain way or respond in a certain way or react in a certain way. And he showed me that the spirit over our nation, the spiritual atmosphere of our nation is mostly controlled by rejection because of the roots that we had in our convict uh, planting and in our and you know the Aboriginal slaughters that happened and the, the stolen generations and the things that have gone in our nation are all based in rejection and whether or not you are born in that na- in this nation if as you come into this nation as you come under that covering you then become a part of that very root of the of the soil of this land and as Christians. We're not, we're not called as Christians to come under the spiritual atmosphere over a nation. We're called to rise above it. We're called actually to change atmospheres. Where we are, the atmosphere should change. We don't have to come under everything because the name of Jesus Christ places us above all things. Amen? And so a spiritual atmosphere that is negative over a nation can be changed if people will get a revelation of that and begin to rise up and let God change them. Michael Jackson said, you know, these amazing words in a song. He said, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. And you know, it's true. You know, we think, oh, how can we change a whole nation? How can we bring reconciliation? How can we, you know, change the atmosphere of a nation? We start with one. And as we allow God, the Father God, to come into our lives and change us, then suddenly the atmosphere around my life changes. And I'm not giving off that spirit. And I'm not receiving that spirit. But I'm walking in an opposite spirit. And the opposite spirit that we talked about, because we're calling this the spirit of an orphan, an orphan spirit. And we talked about how the orphan spirit never feels like it belongs. And even as born-again Christians, we come into churches and we just, you know, we go, we go, welcome to the family of God. But we never really become the family of God because we've got this orphan spirit. We've got this spirit that says, I don't really belong. I can't really put my roots down. And I talked about my brother, um, an adopted brother, foster brother, that we took him when he was like three. And we had him, he's now in his 40s. And we did everything we can to make him feel a part of our family. We would tell him every day, we love you, you're our brother, you're part of this family. My mother, those of you who knew her, was the most loving person in the world. And anyone who wouldn't receive love from my mother had to have problems, amen. And he could never receive her love, even as much love as she had to give. It's like if you didn't receive it, she would bully you into it. She would grab you, squeeze you into your blue in the face just get this love on you and he could never get it 
And it's like that in church, you know, we say to one another, I love you, I love you. You're my brother, you're my sister, you're my family. But it just bounces off, it just bounces off until we can deal with that spirit of rejection inside us, over us and around us, rise up out of it, get healed, get delivered, get set free, get some truths going on in our minds, renew our minds and walk out what Jesus calls the spirit of sonship. Let me just read you this scripture here. Galatians 4, I'm just recapping so we're all on the same page. Okay, so Galatians 4, 4 to 7. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights as sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who cries out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave but a son. And since you are a son, God has also made you an heir. When I say son, go daughter, okay, just translate it in your own head, amen, because it means sons and daughters. But we see there that when we're born again, we have this spirit that's injected into us, the spirit of Jesus, because Jesus wants to reveal the Father, amen? When Jesus came to earth, his main purpose was to reconnect us with what was lost in the garden, to reconnect us with our original created purpose, which was to be in relationship with our Father, amen, to walk with him in the garden, amen. And Jesus' main purpose was to bring that back, to bring us back into relationship with our heavenly Father. Is that true? And so when the Spirit of Jesus comes into us, inside of us, Jesus is continuously trying to cry out within us, Abba, Father, and the translation of that word Abba is Daddy. He's continuously crying out within us, Daddy, Father. He wants to reveal the Father to you. He wants to let you know that you are born again, adopted in, part of a family, that you belong, that you can put your roots down, you can unpack your bags, and you can claim all the inheritance that you need to claim because you are a son, a daughter of the living God. Amen? And so we, we talked about how Jesus, that was, that was Jesus' main message. And when he was water baptized, we saw the heavens open and we saw the voice of the Father come out and say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. He was saying right there and then, I am reestablishing fatherhood over the earth today. The temple curtain was rent in two and the spirit of the living God came out to be with his people again, no longer behind a curtain, no longer separated, but now through the blood of Jesus Christ, the father heart of God has come out to be with us, amen. And the, the minute that God said that, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus was taken into the wilderness and was tempted for 40 days. And Satan came to him. And the first thing Satan said to him, are you really the son of God? He said, if you are the son of God, then turn this bread, this stone into bread. If you are the son of God. And the minute you're born again, the enemy's going to come to you. If you are the son of God, if you are the daughter of God. Why? Because if we get this, if we get this, if we really get that God is our father, We can change the whole spiritual atmosphere, not just over this nation, but over the nations. If the church could just get it. Amen. Amen. And so we talked about last week how there's a whole lot of groaning going on. And, uh, and we, we refer to that scripture in Romans 8, 22 and on. And for time, I won't read it. 
but I'll just point out the different groanings that are going on. And it says that we know that the whole of creation is groaning. And then it says, but not only that, but we ourselves are groaning. And then it goes on to say, but not only that, but the spirit is groaning. And then it says, not only that, but Jesus is in heaven interceding and groaning for us. And we talked about how there's a whole bunch of groaning going on. And what is that groaning? What is it? It says the whole of creation is groaning in anticipation for the manifestation of the sons of God. All of heaven is groaning. All of the earth is groaning that you might just get it. That one day you would wake up and you would go, I am a son. I am a daughter of the living God. He is my father. Nothing is impossible with him. Then when you go lay hands on the sick, you're not going to be begging like a slave or a beggar, but you're going to be standing as an heir of the living God, laying hands on the sick and commanding that cancer to bow its knee in true authority as a son or a daughter of God. God has placed scepters in our hands that we don't use because we don't believe that we deserve them. Amen. He has put crowns upon our head that we continuously throw down because we don't believe that we are true royalty. We are still begging. And in this nation, we are begging for every, everything. You listen to your own prayers. You know, you need a financial breakthrough. Please, God, please. Please, God, can we have a financial breakthrough? I'll do anything you want. I'll do anything, God. What do you want me to do? Instead of saying, in the name of Jesus, as a son or a daughter of the living God, I command there to be a breakthrough in my finances. I stand in full authority. Amen. We talked about the prodigal son. Now the prodigal son had taken his inheritance and he'd gone away and he'd squandered it all on wild women and, and partying. And he'd come back and said, I'll just be a slave in my father's house. I'll just be a slave. But there is the father there with his arms wide open saying to his son, son, my son is home. My son is home. And he, and he kills the fatted calf and he puts a big party on for him. He puts a robe of righteousness around his shoulders he put shoes on his feet, which declare to him that you shall never be a slave in your father's house, but you are a son. Amen. He puts a ring on his finger that declares that he has authority to do business in the father's name. Amen. And then the oldest son says, oh, you've done all this stuff for this son. You've never done anything like that for me. I've never done anything wrong and I've always been here. And the father turns around to his son and he said, everything has always been here for you to use. You just never used it. It's just been sitting there. But don't you see that my son was dead and now he's alive. Amen. And we sit, we sit, we sit, we sit, we sit under, under this false under this lie that we don't really belong, that we're not really children, that we don't really have authority. Men of God, I'm calling to you to rise up in your own homes and take authority over your houses in Jesus' name. Come out of this rejection. Come out of this place of inadequacy, insecurity. Be all that God has called you to be. Sharon, as a single mother, you can stand up in your own home. You can declare it. You know that. That's why your kids are, are, are fruitful in your house. 
because you have authority as a mother to rise up in the name of Jesus and take authority of your own household. Amen. So all of creation is groaning. Heaven is groaning. Jesus is groaning. Holy Spirit is groaning. We are groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Do you know that creation is in decay? In decay, groaning in decay. And we have been called as we manifest to bring redemption, amen, to bring redemption. We have the Redeemer inside of us. His blood was shed for us, for each one of us, to walk in this earth and bring redemption, not to just to be a social club, but to change the very atmosphere, amen, to change lives, Gail, to change lives. How many times when someone comes to you and says, oh, you know, my baby's really sick. Like yesterday I was in the, in the supermarket getting some apples and the little girl behind the counter said, oh, I just had a phone call. You know, my little baby's really sick. He's just gotten out of hospital. He's only seven months old. You know, he's got this and he's got tonsillitis and he's got this and he's got that and he's so sick and now they're telling me he's got diarrhea and vomiting and I just can't take it anymore. I haven't had any sleep. I just don't know what you're... St- Let me pray for you. See, right there at the counter of a fruit and veggie shop, there was an atmosphere-changing moment. Now, how many times do we say, oh, be, be fed, be warm, bless you, and go on our way? Oh, gee, I'm glad I don't have a kid that's sick, we think. Do you know what I mean? But we have it, we have it, we have it to carry with us. 1 John 3, 1 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That's what we are. We are children of God. We're passing through. We're not of this world. We're different. We shine. We have a light about us. We have a glow about us. We have an atmosphere around us that draw people to us. Amen. And the more that we get from underneath this rejection and get this rejection out of us, amen, step out of that, shake it off, renew our minds, think differently, cast down vain imaginations, bring every thought into captivity to Jesus Christ. Then the more we can carry the spirit of sonship, the spirit of sonship that this earth so desperately needs. Everyone is crying out for belonging. Everyone is crying out for affirmation. And our Father in heaven is the only one who can make us belong and make them belong. And he is the only one who can affirm us. It doesn't matter how great your parents are. It doesn't matter how great your husband is, your wife is. It doesn't matter how many times your kids tell you they love you. I know when you're functioning out of a spirit of rejection, you never hear it. And even if you're not functioning out of that spirit, it's never enough. Because we were created to respond and to receive affirmation from our Heavenly Father. He is perfect Father, perfect in love, perfect in affirmation. And when He says to you, you are my son in whom I am well pleased, when He says, you are my daughter in whom I am well pleased, suddenly everything comes into place. 
Suddenly you can believe in yourself. Suddenly you start to get to know who you are, the way he made you to be, the unique creation that you are, the colors that you can paint on this earth that are only your colors. He'll unravel all that for you. If you get the revelation, amen. And so we come up to today in 10 minutes. (laughs) It's amazing what you can do in 10 minutes, I tell you. Praise Jesus. We were at the prayer meeting on Friday morning with uh, praying with the young people for our church and for the youth group. It's amazing how much we prayer we got done in one hour. Nothing was missed, was it? We walked away and went, yes. See what I can do in 10 minutes. Amen. Psalms, now, this is, this is now we're coming up to part three, the spirit of sonship. This is part three, okay? And so part three is family. Psalm 68, 6 says, God sets the lonely into families. Amen. We went to a funeral on Monday. It was a funeral of our our dear, dear friend. He was actually, I think he brought Frank to salvation. Um, He brought a lot of our friends to salvation. He was just this great father, spiritual father to a lot of people. And he had um, failed lungs, a lung transplant, and it failed, and he died. And we we were just, he was just such a great man, such a great man of God. And so we went to the funeral. It was at Erina in the EV church. And there, I was, first of all, it was really strange. I was sitting there. And we got there, you know, late and we're sitting at the back and I'm looking at all these people. I think, gee, he had a lot of old friends. Like they're all got gray hair and stuff. Like, yeah, gee, he must have attracted a lot of older people, you know, in his later years. And then I start to look around. People start turning around and they're all like my friends and that. And then I realized, oh, flip, we're all old, aren't we? It's, it's really weird. <laughs> I was just, I had this revelation like, Oh, God, I'm the same age as these people. And because um, you don't think of yourself like that, Vicky, you just feel like a 20-year-old for the rest of your life, and then your old body just starts to fail you. And uh, But inside, you're just young, and it's so weird. And uh, one day, you're going to turn and say, Oh, now I know what Pastor was talking about, you know. When you're like 50, you're looking around at all these grey nomads, thinking you're one of them, flip. And... Um, Anyway, after the, after the funeral, we all sort of were gathered outside. And there was hundreds. There was probably 400 people there. Um, easy 400. And as I looked around, I'd say 90% of those people I had done church life with at some stage or another. And I looked around at people that we had, you know, that we had done a journey with in church. And I suddenly got this real... And, and you know, all those people, like... All those 400 people were the original Gosford Christian Life Center. And then churches got planted out of that. So there was like, I think seven churches came out of that church. And then there was church splits and all that stuff that goes on. And everybody got scattered everywhere. And here we are, we're all, this funeral, all back together. It's the weirdest thing. People came from Port Macquarie, Queensland, everywhere, you know. And we got to this point of looking at each other and going, hey, you're my... And it's so amazing when you look at someone and they know you. Do you know what I mean? That, like they know your journey. They know you. And it's just such a beautiful thing. We're family. Amen. We're family. And, it, and I thought, this is, I said to some of the people, this is what it's going to be like when we get home, isn't it? Like all the, all the masks and stuff that we put up and all our judgments, opinions, expectations, grievances, whatever, all gone. 
And we'll all be in heaven together, just one big happy family. And I just thought, oh, I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about this. God's created us to be a community. God's created us to be a family. Amen. Church was never intended to be a, a place where you go on Sundays, hear a good message, sing some songs and go home. Church was intended to be a place where the family of God were taken out of the world, brought together, knitted together as a body, encouraged, taught, love on each other. It wasn't, it was, it was all of us doing it together, meeting each other's needs, feeding each other, clothing each other, loving each other's kids, amen. It was a community together. There's a saying that says, um, tribal people know this says it takes a whole tribe to raise a child it takes a whole community to raise a child and uh, you know the world out there is so disconnected and families are so disconnected and everything's so disconnected this is the only place that I know that has the true organic family happening that should have that I think we've got it pretty good in this house I reckon tick little tick there we've got it happening good but we can get it better and so i'm so excited about this yars yes i'm so excited you know because we have to be all things to all men and in being family we say you know we've got some young people and they they want to do church different to us and we don't just go, well, tough luck. This is where we've always done church. No, they want to do church different. They want to go organic. They want to get back to, you know, no fuss. Get rid of the lights. Get rid of the noise. Get rid of the stuff. We just want to sit down, have a coffee together, talk together, do some real worship, get, get right in touch. Say, great, let's do it. I reckon I'd enjoy that myself. But anyway, young at heart, you know. So let's do it. Let's do it. And when, when these guys said, you know, we just felt like God's, and said, yes, do it organic and do it like this, because I'd already read all the stuff on this generation, what they need. And we meet the needs by being a family. Amen? By being a family. Mark 3, 34 says this, and this is Jesus speaking, and his mother and his brothers were at the door knocking. Someone came in and said, Jesus, your mother and brother's outside. And Jesus said this incredible statement. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will will be my brother and sister and mother. Whoever does God's will will be my brother and sister and mother. You know, the very first thing that Jesus wanted us to get a hold of was that our Father. It's Father. You're a child of God. He's your Father. Then the next thing he's trying to say, this is even before he went to the cross, he's trying to put this stuff down. He's trying to layer it down. The very next thing he's trying to say is, you're a family. Your brothers, your sisters, your mothers. You're a family. And we want to jump to the book of Acts. And we want to know what gifts we have. 
we want to prophesy, we want to do this, we want to do that, we want to teach, we want to, we want to do all the stuff. But see, unless we get this right, what's all the stuff for? Because 1 Corinthians 13 says that very clearly, verse 4 to 8. Well, even before verse 4 to 8, 1 Corinthians 13 says, I can speak with the tongues of angels and of men and have not love. You know what I'm saying? We need prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, apostles. We desperately need them to bring us to maturity. Desperately need that stuff. We, you know, we desperately need that. But unless we have a revelation, we'll never be able to learn anyway. Because we'll always be immature children tossed by every wind of doctrine, never submitting, never coming under, always running away, afraid of leadership, you know, cautious, mistrusting, you know, pastor smile at me, I'm going to another church stuff. But if we can get this down, the first thing Jesus is saying here, he's your father. Second thing he's saying, you're a family. You're a brother, you're a sister, you're a mother. Amen. So when you're, when you're in a family, a natural family, you have a natural role in that family. Is that right? So when I tell people that I'm the middle child of six children, they go, oh, middle child, rescuer, hey? Yeah, that's me. Fix it, rescuer. And then I say, say to my sister, or even to Pastor Phil, oh, you're the oldest of four siblings. Um, oh, over-responsible, hey? You take on this, you know, role. Some of you may not have had mothers that functioned very well, and so you took on a mothering role and raised your siblings and took on the mothering role. Amen? Now, the same thing happens... When you come into church, see, you're born again. It means that you're born into a family. That you're born into the family of God. That you've been put back into the original purpose of your creation was to have a father and be a family. That's why he created you. Amen? Your parents do the best that they can with you while you're on this earth, but they're really only loaning you from God. You're really God's in the first place. Amen? And so we come into the church and if we would just allow the organicness to allow us to be whatever role that God wants us to be in the church, then every need would be met within the church. Amen? For instance, a new Christian walks through the door, they get saved. Now, the first thing that new Christian needs, yes, is a revelation that they have a father in heaven. But the next thing they need to know is they've got a sister. They've got a brother. They've got an auntie, uncle. They've got grandma, grandpa. They're surrounded by a support system that will never let them fail. They're surrounded by a support system that will teach them, help them, train them, talk to them, pray for them, clothe them, feed them, love them. Amen. And if we would allow ourselves to just naturally take on those roles, see, just because you're a young person doesn't mean that you just have to be a sister, you may be a mother. Just because you're an old person, you don't have to be a mother, you might be a sister or an auntie. Like Gail, I, I think Gail's Auntie Gail. Why is that? 
Because in a family of six kids, we never got many presents. No one, you know, did a lot for birthdays. But Auntie Gail never forgets your birthday. And Auntie Gail will always get your presents. And Auntie Gail will always smile at you when no one else is. Do you know what I mean? It's Auntie Gail. Yeah. And then I think, I think Candace. What's Candace? And a lot of people say, oh, Candace is a mother. No, Candace is a big sister. She's a natural big sister. It's like, oh, little sisters, you haven't got a big sister. I'm your big sister. Come on. Let's go and have fun. I'm your big sister. Isn't that right? And then I look at Tash Eagle. Tash is a mum. She's a mum. Now, she's never had children of her own. But she comes in at our church and she's developing this I said to her the other day, you're a mum. You've got a mother's heart. Now, that doesn't mean that she'll just mother young people. You might be an older person in this house and Tash comes up and puts her arm around you. You feel like you're getting a mum's hug because it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual family. Amen? You know, Paul said this. Paul said, there are many teachers amongst you, but not many fathers. And if there's one thing that we're lacking in this nation, spiritually, it's fathers. Phil and I, you know, we're sent out to plant a church. Go, go plant a church. I'm not giving you any money, no support. Don't ring me up if anything goes wrong. I'm not in a good place right now. But listen, and send all your money back to me and God will provide for you. And if you're still there after two and a half years, we all know God called you. There you go. And so, you know, you're just like, and, and Phil, in the early days, Phil would just say, where are the fathers? Can anyone father me? I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, and you cry out and God shows you and you take a step from the Holy Spirit and you go another step and then you make a mistake and then you feel like, where are the fathers? You know? And now we look back over our lives and if we just would have had spiritual fathers that would have taken hold of us and oh, we would have got here a lot quicker than we got here now and we would have made a lot less mistakes. <laughs> Amen. I mean, in a way, the Holy Spirit taught us a lot of things that some fathers might have taught us the wrong way, if you know what I mean. But, you know, we need each other. And there are men in this congregation right now I'm looking at. And I'm, uh, the Lord is speaking to you, Pastor Phil, about you, Jeff. And he's saying, he's going to speak into your life. He, he wants to speak to you like a father. And he's just been praying for you like a father prays for a son. He's been calling you to stand up, to rise up into manhood. He's been calling you. I've been hearing him in his prayer time. Jeff, get into manhood, calling you forth in Jesus' name. Because he's got this father's heart. Amen. See, when I look at Garth, what do I see? I see a father. There's another father. A father. We're raising fathers. No, Gar's just not like a brother. A brother doesn't come and put the house in order. A father does. And when I stand, see him standing up in front of that youth group, he's not standing up there like a brother. He's standing up there like a father, and it goes, the whole thing comes in. People are doing this and that and this and that, and everything's working and functioning, and everybody's got their place, and everybody have followed up, and they're all being done, and this is being done, and everybody feels loved, and everybody feels... Because why? Because the father's in the house. Amen? You get what I'm saying? What most people would do now in the church is they would say, let's make a system out of it. Let's sit down and let's allocate this side of the room to be mothers. 
let's allocate this side of the room to be fathers. And let's allocate these people to be aunties, uncles, brothers and sisters. Yay! Now all go. And this side, don't forget, be aunties, uncles, brothers and sisters. Do not be mothers and fathers. That's not your role. You know, and let's systemize it. Let's get the whole church and let's systemize it and put everybody in their place and tell them what they should be. <laughs> but you see, a family is organic. A family is natural as breathing. And, and you know, when there's that many systems in place, sometimes we, we get scared to be who we are because well, I don't want to step on anyone's toes here. You know, I really feel to really just mother this person. But, you know, Pastor Julie's the mother of the house, isn't she? And uh, I don't want to step on her toes. We've got to get free. We've got to get free. Amen? We've got to get free to be ourselves before God and before each other and with ourselves. Jesus said this. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I want to go into a whole teaching on loving yourself as a part of breaking us free into the spirit of sonship. Amen. There's a whole teaching just loving yourself. You know, if you don't love yourself, you can't love someone else. If you don't love yourself, you can't love God. But as we get set free, as we start to go, he's my father, you know, I'm a son, I'm a daughter. And then you start to feel who you are in the body of Christ. Hey, I think I'm an auntie. Ooh, I'm going to buy some presents for people and write some cards and ring some people up. And You know, I think I'm a grandma. I'm just going to be that stable, solid person that they can come to when life's terrible. You know, I'm going to be a mum, you know. And mums are different. There's mums that just hug and be there. There's mums that give wisdom and advice. There's mums that cook, like Libby. And you just, anyone ever been to Libby and Craig's house? There is a mother and father. You go to their house, and it's been so long since I've been able to do this, because my mum and dad have both gone to heaven. But when I used to go to mum and dad's house, dad would be cooking, because dad would cook in my house, Lib. And then mum would be loving and greeting everyone like Craig does. It was opposite roles. But, you know, you go to my mum and dad's house and you just feel like, okay, I'm home. And you just find the nearest lounge, not feel like you had to do anything, not even pick up a plate because you're in mum's house, you know, and, and, and you just want to eat, eat yourself till you're stuffed full and you can't move and then you go to sleep on the lounge. That's just what you do at mum and dad's house. Is that right? And so when I went, when you go to Craig and Libby's house, that's it. Me and Phil went to their house for dinner. I stuffed my face stupid, sat back on the lounge, didn't feel like I had to do a thing, wasn't responsible for anything, and just felt like I, I nearly went to sleep. Just, just Scott woke me up. Sitting on the lounge, I was just like, oh, in heaven. And then Craig comes up and gives you one of those big bear daddy hugs, and you just go, I miss my daddy. So beautiful. We're a family. Amen? We're a family of God. And, and that's, that's the, there's so much more I want to bring, but guess what? That's all you need. 
sometimes we eat too much and we just can't digest it. Today, I just want to give you a simple meal. We're a family. And I want to, I want to encourage you and release you to, to just get free. Amen? If someone's hurting, you go love them. You don't need a badge. You don't need a title to do that. Just be yourself. Be, be a family. If you see a visitor that's come in, and I'm not on the visiting, meet the visitors team. If I go and meet them, then Joe and David are going to get very upset with me. You know what I mean? Just go up and say hi. And just, just love on each other. Amen. Amen. Father, I just thank you right now. In the name of Jesus, that we would just get this message deep down inside of us. As you just, from heaven, as you just keep layering it in. Lord, I thank you that our minds will be renewed by the washing of the word. Lord, we just release our minds right now for the washing of the word to be renewed. Let this word go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. Let it go deep down inside people. Lord, I bind and break any birds of the air from coming and taking the seed in Jesus' name. I thank you that this word would bear fruit, would grow, would change lives, and more than anything else, would change your church into all that you want it to be. In Jesus' name. Thank you that your word says, this is how they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. Father, we just release the spirit of love, the spirit of sonship over this whole congregation in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you, Lord. We thank you.